You are listening to the REI Mastermind Podcast. Join JD as he chats with industry-leading real estate experts and professionals. We learn from their experience and uncover the strategies to their success that we can implement into our own businesses and we can drive immediate results today. They share their experience and wisdom as we build the foundation to our own success. This is the REI Mastermind Network. So we got Rod Cleef on the call here. Uh, Rod, I really appreciate your time. I, I joked a little bit that we're going to need to make this a regular occurrence. I mean, you're right. my go-to uh, now with any kind of multifamily questions we might have. But well, we thought we would spend a little time talking about multifamily fundamentals. So if you're getting yeah. started in multifamily real estate investing, this is your show um, but before we do, I want to make sure that we have Rod's contact information because Rod is going to give our listeners a great opportunity because he has something coming up very, very soon, uh, one of his boot camps. So Rod, why don't you give them, give us the details sure. on that right off the no, bat? No, I appreciate it, Jack. And I appreciate you telling me you attended my last one. That's that's awesome. I, uh, I, I was doing them virtually and this is my first live event again since COVID hit. I was supposed to have 800 people in Orlando uh, in May of the year COVID hit. And of course, we all know what happened with that. So I had to go virtual and, you know, I've had a few thousand people attend virtually, but um, uh, you know, this will be a live event, December 3rd, 4th and 5th in Orlando. Um, we've already, we're pushing 700 participants. So it's going to be a big one. And um, we go through every aspect of the business, uh, you know, from, from building your team to, you know, b- developing a brand, to creating reach, to, you know, finding deals, evaluating deals, financing those deals, syndicating those deals, joint venturing those deals, you know, um, property management and, 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 and everything in between. And so, um, uh, you know, it's it's very comprehensive. It's three full days. It's not a sales pitch like most events. I mean, I talk about my coaching for about 30 minutes um, on day two, and that's it. The rest of the time, it's all content. In fact, you know, the only complaint we ever get is that the room's too cold or the food sucked or something like that. It's never about the content, you know? So, um, you know, would love to have you come and I'm going to give your peeps a hell of a deal. So right now the tickets are $597. i will give you a code so you can come for $197. And it's, it's truly a no brainer. In fact, um, I've, I've, uh, that that price also includes a couple of incredible bonuses. So you can come for the you can come for the three days, but you also get my online courage and confidence course, which I just finished. About eight modules about building your courage and confidence, so you take action with what you learn. And then you'll get my finding deals course, which is fairly new as well, because that's probably the hardest thing right now is finding deals. And I've got all these different ways you can find deals. It's uh, probably several you haven't thought of, and so. Um, you know, you get that and you get you get the PDF and um, audible version of my number one best-selling book, How to Create Lifetime Cash Flow Through Multifamily Properties. So even if you can't make the event, hell, the, 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 the bonuses are worth probably 10 times what the 197 bucks. In fact, I know they are. And so, um, and that here's another thing. If you can't make the event, I will have a virtual event the end of March. And if you if you purchase a ticket and you can't make the live event, you can come to that virtual event. Same price; it's it's pretty much the same pricing um, regardless. Um, um, and so, you know, you get all those bonuses right away, and you can take action um, with that stuff. But uh, again, here's the here's the here's the website. It's multifamilybootcamp.com, and you got to remember the code Rod Friend as one word Rod Friend uh, multifamilybootcamp.com. Or if you're just listening to this, text the word multifamily to 72345. 
Again, that's multifamily to 72345. But remember that code, Rod Friend, and you can come for literally a third of the, 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 the price right now. And, uh, and I promise you, you will be glad you came. I mean, if you come to me on Sunday, the last day, and you tell me you didn't love, and I mean love, not like, I mean love the event, I'll give you your money back. No problem. No questions asked. It's never happened, but there's always a first time for everything. So um, yeah, it, 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 we have a lot of fun. I spend a lot of time on mindset as well, which is you know the reason my students are, are killing it. I, I've been teaching less than four years and my students own over 47,000 doors now, which is mind blowing. They're adding almost a thousand a month. And um, I'm really proud of that actually. And so, and that's just my my coaching students. I, I I have no idea what the boot camp participants have done that that didn't do coaching. I'm sure it's at least that or more. So, um, yeah. So it's it's awesome event. I appreciate you letting me plug it here, buddy. And uh, and and yeah. Let's let's get into the fundamentals. Um, this is something I enjoy talking about, and it's it's going to be kind of high level. Obviously, we go deep for three full days at the event. But but uh, shall I get started on that? Yeah, and uh, if if you don't mind, and and you're yeah. probably not going to hear me talk too much here today. I, right. I might interrupt and ask some clarification. But Rod, I, I have to give you a quick testimonial. Like you said, uh, when you you invited me to this last event, uh, the online. To be honest with you, I was shocked how much information you crammed into two days on Thank the you. online events. It was it was unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you. And it's even more at the live event because I have more time because it's three days. Um, and I only do one of these live events a year because it's brutal. It's me for three days. I mean, on, on the fourth day, I face plant for a couple of days because it's so taxing. Um, and I'm literally doing the training for, for all three days, except for an hour for the syndication attorney that I bring in and an hour for the finance person that I bring in to mortgage broker to teach you. The rest of the time, it's all me. And we have we have panels every day. So we have uh, at least two, if not three panels every day of, of big hitters in the space. Many of them are my students. You know, we'll have several billion dollars represented by the panelists to answer questions. And so we, we have a lot of fun with that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a blast. But anyway, and yeah, if you come, you will laugh. If you come, if, thank you. If you come, you will laugh. You will cry. I promise you, uh, it's not your typical real estate event. We get into gratitude. We get into pushing through fear. We get into your developing your identity. So you, again, you take action. We spend a lot of time on goals and mindset because that's truly eighty to ninety percent of, of your success in anything. So, all right. Well, let's get into the fundamentals. So the first thing you do when you get in this business, number one is you recognize it's a team sport. This is not something you do by yourself. You can flip and wholesale houses by yourself, but you're not going to do any significant multifamily like larger multifamily by yourself. You're going to do it in a team. And so the first thing you do is self-evaluate. You look in the mirror and you and you look at your financial resources, your skill sets, your mentor, potential mentors, potential partners, investors, and so on and so forth. And really what you're doing is you're looking for any deficiencies that you want to shore up for your team. You know, like, like those 47,000 doors my, my students own, you know, most of them were done between warriors, between my coaching students, you know, because they do it in a team framework. And, and you know, th th that's that's how they're able to, to knock this these things out. And so once you've um, done your self-evaluation, what you're going to do is you're going to create your investment criteria, okay? You can't be all things to all people. If you, you know, go to a broker and say, I'm just looking for a good deal, they'll just ignore you. I mean, they'll think that you haven't got a clue what you're doing. You have to tell them, you know, I'm looking for, you know, X number of units, uh, you know, uh, B and C assets in an A, B or C area, for example, you know, these are the returns I need to get. And you give them some, you know, some, some um, you know, some detailed 
uh, investment criteria. So then they know you're serious. And then uh, because you know there are 20, there are over two million multifamily properties in this country, and you know you 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 can't again go after all of them. You need to you have to. Sorry about the expression. You need to shoot with a rifle instead of a shotgun. Okay, and so. Um, so that's the first first couple of things. And then then after you've established some investment criteria, you come up with some ideas as to what size and type you should go after. Are you going to go after, you know, there's a sweet spot really in the ma and pa type units, like five to 30 units. It's all mom and pop owners. And that's a real sweet spot to get started. Um, you know, most people ultimately want to go bigger um, and end up going bigger, but that's a great place to start in those smaller ones. And, and, um, and then- you know, as part of your investment criteria, you need to pick a market and a submarket. And let me give you some thoughts on that. So, um, the first market I would consider would be your backyard, if if it applies. Now, if you live in California or 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 you know a, a high high uh, very expensive area, or maybe you're in a blue state, you may not want to invest there because they're so landlord averse right now. It's not a political statement; it's just a a business statement. You may want to go to a red state to buy multifamily. Uh, uh, because they're again more landlord friendly, but but um, your backyard is your obvious first choice. Now I'm calling your backyard anywhere within a two hour drive in any direction. Okay, so that way you can you can manage it with day travel. Okay, so backyard would be option number one. I'm going to give you four options here to consider first. The second option would be a place maybe you you've spent some time, you grew up there, or you went to school there, or something like that. So you've you've got an understanding of the market. That would be option number two. Option three would be a place you've got friends or family that live there. You've got boots on the ground. They know what's going on there. They know, you know, what businesses are moving in, moving out. They're, you know, they're following the local news. So they've got their ear to the ground. They're also an op- they're also a resource if you need them for, for stuff there um, when you're looking at assets. That would be option three, boots on the ground. Option four would be a place you enjoy visiting or might even want to retire. That would be the fourth option. Now, <clears throat> if none of those options make sense for you, just don't go across the country. If you live on the West Coast, don't go to the East Coast or vice versa. That's silly. There's low-hanging fruit nearer where you live. So that would so keep that in mind. And now here's what you're going to look for when you're looking at a market. You're going to make sure three things are growing, population, income, and jobs. Now, what do you think is the most important? Jobs, okay? And um, and so, you know, I'll give you some websites that if you can write these down, I'll give them to you that you can research this information. One of them is bestplaces.net. Another one is city-data.com. Another one is datausa.io. And another one is census.gov. I know it did that fast. Maybe you can put them in the show notes if they want to circle back to that, Jack. But but those are those are some websites where you can do demographical research. And I will tell you, just enjoy it. Don't get don't get overwhelmed by it. Just go in there and start looking around and poking around and 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 have fun with it. Wallow in it. Play with it. It's it's that's how you learn this business. Okay. So then once you've established your investment criteria, you need to brand yourself. Okay. You've got to hang your shingle, as it were. So what you want want to do is you'll pick a name. Most of the names in this business end in capital or equity or group or investors or you know things of that nature. So like, like mine is CRE for commercial real estate, CRE equity capital. So you, you, you pick a name, okay, whatever it is. I've got students that have you know tons of different names. You know, have fun with that. Pick a name, but here's what you need to do. You need to check it with the Secretary of State, make sure it's available so you can form an LLC. 
You need to check it with the U.S. Patent Trademark Office, USPTO.gov, USPTO.gov, and make sure the name's available. Uh, I had one student that didn't and uh, and actually um, had to change the name because he got a cease and desist. Uh, so, you know, you got to do that. Um, the next thing you want to do is go on GoDaddy.com and look up a domain name that ties into that name you pick. Like, for example, we have CRE Equity Capital. So our website, one of our domains is CREECap.com. Another one is CREECapital.com. And um, and so pick a domain name, make sure it's available before you, before you solidify the name. And then, you know, go in on Fiverr or Upwork and have somebody put a website together for you. Real simple. You'll see lots of examples if you research this. You know, what, you know, just some information about you and what you're going after and what your, you know, thought processes are. And, and you just use other people's websites as examples for this. So, you know, other people in the business. Um, so set up a website, get some business cards, and you're off to the races. Okay. Now, the beautiful thing, uh, and I want to talk about creating reach for a minute because this business is a team sport. Um, and, 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 you know, you're, and, Yes, buying multifamily takes money, but it doesn't have to be your own money, okay? And there's so much money out there looking for deals right now. And so, um, you know, if you if you hang your shingle, you build relationships, um, you know, you'll find money if you find a good deal. And so, um, keep that in mind. And one way to create that reach to find money is social media. And we never had that when I started. In fact, on my podcast, Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing, um, which I'm blessed to say is the largest commercial real estate podcast out there. We're approaching a 12 million downloads. And, and most of the big players that I in, that I interview that started, you know, they started pre-social media. So they would start with the real estate investor club meeting. They'd have meetings. And then they went to, they became meetup. When meetup.com showed up, became meetup meetings. And that's how they raise money for their deals. But you guys live in such a great time right now with social media. I mean, you know, I happen to have a, I started a Facebook group and really not doing anything but keeping people from promoting on it. Just education is up to 43,000 people. I mean, it's my fishbowl. My podcast. I mean, who I, I, I used to, I started my podcast just to add value. I used to say early on in the podcast, I'll never sell you anything. Now I'm a liar because I've got, you know, courses and coaching and everything else. I never planned to, you know, I hit a million downloads. I'm like, okay, knucklehead, you probably ought to do something with this. So I wrote, I wrote my book, gave away 20,000 copies of that just to build a list. And, and now it's finally on Amazon and stuff. But, but the point is, you guys have so many incredible opportunities to create reach. You've got Facebook groups, you've got LinkedIn, you've got Instagram. Um, they've got me on TikTok now. I had a video, I've been on TikTok for about three months. I've got video with 300,000 views, several with over 100,000, just by throwing 60-second videos out there. So here's the key, though, to creating reach. And you don't need thousands of people to, to be able to have a group of people to present a deal to if you if you find a good deal. You need a few hundred max. And so, but there's two keys to creating reach in this business. If you decide to do that, I mean, you can partner with somebody as well, but if you decide to create your own reach, um, and I've got students that have created meetups all over the country, pod, award-winning podcasts, Facebook groups with tens of thousands of people, um, um, YouTube channels, all sorts of stuff. But here's the key. First of all, focus on adding value and however you go about this, just like you do, Jack, you know, you do it through your podcast, but focus on adding value. That's number one. And the second thing is you must be consistent. Okay. So those are the two keys to creating reach, 
adding value and consistency. But but it's just so easy to do today. It's just it truly is. And you can even host your own show like we do and bring on experts. And even if you're faking it till you make it, you're acting as if when you when you're interviewing an expert, you're perceived as an expert. Okay. And so you're again, you're fake it till you make it if you have to. All right. So then you've got to, once you've developed your market, you've got to decide, uh, you've got to build your team. And, and we're talking external team now, brokers, property managers, bankers. So you want to find out who the brokers are that are the biggest brokers in your market in the type and size property that you're interested in. So you go on loopnet.com. It's the largest commercial real estate listing site owned by CoStar. It's called loopnet.com. And you just um, search and, and for the type and size that you're interested in in your submarket, and you'll see who the big dogs are. There's always a couple that have the most listings. Now, I don't recommend you call them first, okay? Um, you only have one opportunity to make a good impression, right? So practice on some other brokers. Practice, you know, learn the nomenclature, learn the verbiage, come to my boot camp for God's sakes. You'll learn, you know, you get a glossary of all the terms you want to use and, and, and so on and so forth. And you've got to learn the lingo, right? Um, we don't call them properties. We call them assets. Um, we don't call them renegotiating. We call them, uh, or we don't call them selling. We call them trading at, um, you know, we don't call it renegotiating. We call it, uh, um, um, oh, now I'm drawing a blank for a minute. My brain just fell out on the floor. Um, uh, retrade. We call it retrading. So, so I mean, this you need to learn the lingo, right? So, uh, but then you know, develop relationships with these brokers. They can make you a lot of money. And but here's the key: don't be a black hole. They send you a deal. You need to give them a credible response. Why that deal's not going to work for you? That's that's how they take you seriously. Okay, so you you know you've got to start learning how to evaluate the deals at some point. Um, we spend time on that at the boot camp as well, obviously. But you've got to learn how to do that, and then. You know, and you always respond. You always say, listen, I really appreciate you sending me. It didn't work because of this, this, or this. Um, next, people, you want to develop relationships with property managers. There's no group of people that have their ear to the ground better than property managers. They know what the rents are. They know what expense line items will cost for a particular type of asset. They are a huge help when you're doing the due diligence on a property. They will send teams in to help you make sure you walk every unit and so on and so forth. So they'll help you do a lease audit and so on and so forth. So you definitely want relationships with a property manager in that in that submarket. Relationships with local bankers, local and regional bankers. I'm not talking about the national banks like BOA, Fifth Third, Wells Fargo, Chase, BB&T, none of those. I'm talking about local and regional banks because you can develop personal relationships with them. And you just find out who the commercial you know, person is that handles commercial real estate. You go meet with them. You let them know what you're doing. Find out what, they're, what they've done in the past for people. I'd recommend you open a bank account there. They, they're relationship driven, even if you just throw a couple grand in it or whatever, just open a bank account because they like to see that. And then, you know, ultimately take them to lunch, you know, just get to know them. And, and I can tell you, they, they can make you a lot of money. Uh, I've got students that have been approved for like one guy, Andrew, got approved for a $1.3 million loan in Kentucky, 100% financing from a bank because of the relationship. I remember I interviewed this kid on my podcast, about a million dollar property for 5000 down with bank financing. The, sell, the bank let the seller carry a second because of the bank with a relationship. So build these relationships. Very, very powerful. I'd also encourage you to register on all the commercial real estate auction websites. Okay, here's why. 
If you get a deal from a broker, what you're going to find is it's primarily pro forma. It's what they think the property will do, which is toilet paper. And then, you know, in, in a normal environment, you'll have, and you'll get very little financial information. It's the stupidest thing ever. Uh, so, you know, you need a T12. You need to know what the last 12 months profit and loss are. You need a rent roll. You need, you know, you, you need these things to evaluate the property. And a lot of times you don't get that till it's locked up, uh, you know, with a signed letter of intent or a purchase and sale agreement. So, um, and, and then you'll have a due diligence period in a normal environment. Right now, that due diligence window is very shortened because the market's so hot. But in a normal environment, you typically have three or four weeks to do your due diligence, scope the sewer lines, you know, check all the systems and so on and so forth. But if you, if you bid on a property at auction and you're the successful bidder, it's yours. And so, and you're doing the due diligence on a property you're not even sure you're going to get yet. So it's cursory at best. And so what the package that you get from an auction house is much more comprehensive than you'll ever get from a broker. And why is that important? Because you can learn the business. You'll see appraisals, you'll see third-party reports like surveys, environmental reports, and you know, uh, so on and so forth, inspection reports that will help you learn the business and you'll get more financial information. Now, here's a caveat. Um, when you register on the auction sites, don't use your own email address because they'll drive you crazy. Put in a, Set up a separate email just for that. And here's another caveat. Do not attempt to take down an auction property unless you have me or someone like me looking over your shoulder because there are unscrupulous sellers that will throw properties up for auction hoping that a defect will get missed. So be very, very careful with that. But it's a great place to learn. Okay. Now, once you pick a market and you know you're going to buy there and you really you're sure that's going to be your submarket even before you buy a place it's fine you need to go direct to seller and what i mean by that is start a mailing campaign and i'm not talking about mailing thousands of letters what you, what i would suggest you do is get a list of the properties that have been owned for at least 20 years so even in a huge msa like uh like tampa st pete you're probably talking, if you do five to 30 or five to 50 units, you're probably talking just to maybe 300 people that have owned 20 plus years in that. that. So it's not a huge list, but there's some caveats to this. One is, you know, most of those properties are owned in entities. And if you mail to the registered agent of the entity, like the LLC, well, you know where that mail is going to end up, right? So what you want to do is you want to break down those entities. So you got to, it sounds like a lot of work and it is, but you don't have to do it. You can hire a virtual assistant on Upwork or something to help you with this, but you want to have them look up that entity in the Secretary of State's office, you know, 532 Worthwhile Avenue, LLC, and see who the principals are and get their home addresses and you mail them there. Okay. So that's number one. Number two is, let me give you some tips for the mail. And we go into great detail on this at the event as well. I can't do a complete detail here, but let me give you a couple of quick tips. Number one, the envelope should always be handwritten if you're doing an envelope. Number two is the letter inside should always have the property address in the first line. Okay, obviously the name and address of the owner on the top, but the property address should be in the first line. If you can put a picture of you and your family on there, proven to enhance results, you should have multiple ways for them to reach back out to you. For example, a phone number, obviously, an email address, obviously. I even set up a single page website. It was called thecleaffamily.com back in the day. And, and it had a contact us form in there so they could fill out a contact us form. But here's a ninja trick. 
Throw in a self-addressed stamped postcard within to, to for them to fill out. Because if you if you're mailing people that have owned 20 plus years, they're retirees. And what is what was their primary way of communicating? It was it was mail. And so if you give them a little self-addressed card, now of course it's going to double your mailing costs, but I got to tell you. Let me just give you some stats here. The average response rate to mail is a half a percent, okay? If you get one or 2%, you're killing it. When I did what I'm describing here, I got a six to 9% response rate. I'm not exaggerating. Six to nine contacts for every for every 100 pieces of mail. And, and it's doing what I'm talking about here. And that self-addressed card is a fantastic way uh, because then they can just fill it out and send it back to you. And they, you have their phone number and how many units they have and what their asking price is, if they know, uh, and, and, and just works very, very well. So that's mail. Now you don't, mail is not a once and done thing. You're going to, you're going to mail every couple of months. Now, the first time you might do a business envelope, second time you might do a postcard, third time you might do an invitation envelope, like a colored envelope, invitation size, which always gets open, but you want to change it up. Okay. All right. That's on mailing. Now, what this is, what I'm talking about here is these are examples of, or an example of doing what other people aren't willing to do. And anytime you'll do what other people aren't willing to do, you will be a success. So this is an example of that. Okay. I remember interviewing these kids on my show, um, Jacob Blackett and Sterling White. Um, and when I met them, they didn't have any units, but, but when I got them on the show, they had just closed on a 50 unit and they had like a 48 unit under contract. I might have that reversed, but you get the idea. And they found that 50 unit by driving around looking for rundown units and then uh, rundown properties. They found this rundown property. They found the owner through Facebook, through their through their son or daughter or something like that. Again, doing what other people aren't willing to do. That other property, that 48 unit they had under contract, they found by calling for rent ads on Craigslist and saying, hey, have you thought of selling? Again, who does that? Well, very few people and they did. Now, that, now the last time I checked, it's been a couple of years, they're at 1,221 doors. Okay, so there you go. Another thing that you want to look into is wholesaling. You know, people know about wholesaling single family where you put a property under contract, you flip the contract for a fee. You can wholesale multifamily. So I did a post on my in my Warrior Facebook group, my coaching students. I said, who's wholesaled the deal for a big check? I have a dozen that wholesaled the deal and made over $100,000 on one deal, wholesale in a multifamily, a dozen. In fact, we're compiling those testimonials right now because I've got an awesome wholesaling course that you get in my coaching program. If you join my coaching program, uh, teach you how to do this. And then I have a, two people that did over 500,000 on a wholesale deal and two people that, that one exceeded 2 million and the other one was just under 2 million, wholesale deal. They never owned the property or they owned it for one day and sold it. So guys, do not, if you, again, if you're going direct to seller, you make sure that you've got a line on people that are buying properties in that market. So you can, you know, there'll be deals you don't want to do or can't do. And you're crazy not to, 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 to you know, work on a wholesale deal if you have that opportunity. Now, um, you also want to be great at um, explaining seller financing, especially if you're mailing people that have owned 20 plus years. Why? Because if they've owned 20 plus years, they are, again, retirees. And if someone is retired and they're going to sell an asset they've owned for a long time, they're not going to put that money into a high risk investment. They are risk averse at that point. They want cash flow. And so it's going to go in the bank. And, and they're only going to get 65, 70 cents on the dollar because they're fully depreciated. So they have no more write-offs anymore. So, you know, you want to be really good at having a conversation, something like this, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So I'm buying your property for a million dollars. 
and you, whatever that number is, you, 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 you work this, just, just change the numbers out because you need to work the numbers on this. So, you know, of course, Uncle Sam's going to take their chunks. So maybe you'll end up with 700,000. And I know you're going to put that in the bank and live on the cash flow. I get that. Now, the bank's paying about 1%. So here's what your payment will be from the bank. Now, if you work with me, I'll give you enough of a down payment. So, you know, I'm serious, but I'll pay you three, four, five, six, hell, 7% interest if the numbers make sense. And um, I'll give you enough of a down payment, like I say, so you know I'm real. And your payment from me, because you're only going to pay taxes and what you get every year is going to be three or four times what you get from the bank. And it is. And so here, listen up. If you don't have that conversation with a retired owner that's got a free and clear property, you are doing them a disservice. Okay. Shame on you. Okay. And there's nothing better than seller financing. So always have that conversation. It's critical. And remember this, if you're dealing with retirees, seller bonding is huge. Focus on the relationship first, the property second. People, when they get older, they're relationship driven. They're not as financially driven anymore. And and, and build that relationship to create win-wins, not to take advantage of them, I'll hunt you down, but but to create a win-win situation. I've done deals, nothing down because the seller just wanted payments. I've done deals where I didn't make a payment for a year because the property was a piece of crap and I had to put money into the property first. And I explained that to them and it was real and I bonded with them and and we did the deal. So bond, very important. Also remember that you're in this business for the long game. This is not a get rich quick business. It's to become super freaking wealthy over time business. But you know, you want to treat it like a business. You systemize it. I'd recommend you get a CRM system, you know, client relationship management software. There's some real good ones. We use HubSpot, which has a free version. Zoho is really good. Insightly is good. Really simple systems is another one. Um, but use a CRM to track the people that you're that you're communicating with and to make sure that you know that that you stay on top of them and you and you take down personal information. You know, if, if a seller tells you their name, you know, the wife's name's Nancy, and you call them back and say, you know, I talked to you six months ago, you want to sell, you know, how's Nancy doing? The instant rapport. So, you know, that's what a CRM is for to keep you organized. So treat it like a business. You're taking off your employee hat, you're putting on your entrepreneur hat when you're doing this business. Also be very, very careful with market rents. Um I've got a friend of a friend that screwed this up and lost out on a deal they could have wholesaled for a million bucks. Let me explain what I'm talking about. So let's say you're looking at a property that's got washer dryer hookups and you compare it to one that doesn't. That can be a minimum of $50 difference in rent a month. It could be 100 even, okay? Um, or let's say you you have a property where the, the tenants pay their own utilities and you compare it to one where the owner pays all the utilities. And that's what this guy did, screwed up on a 100 unit. And that can be 150 or more difference per month. And let me tell you guys, it adds up, okay? And, and, and every dollar in net income equates to about $17 to $20 in value. I'll give you an example. We've got this asset in uh, uh, Beaver Creek, Ohio, 101 units. It got destroyed by a tornado, actually. All 101 families had to move. Thank God nobody got killed. But, but um, we're able to raise the rents there 650 bucks. So to give you an idea what that means, now this is an extreme example, 101 units, 650 bucks is a $12 million instant increase in value, okay? That's why we love this business. All right, but be careful with market rents. Make sure you're comparing apples to apples. Don't just rely on online websites. Make the phone calls. Make sure the the similar age, same general area, and same amenities. Very, very important. Same size units, et cetera. All right. 
Um, now, you're going to have to understand syndications and joint ventures to get in this business. Now, joint venture is when everyone in the deal is active. They are actively participating. I did millions of dollars worth of deals in my 20s with, with joint venture partners 50-50. They signed on debt. And if I spent more than a 1000 or 2000 bucks, I had to get their permission. So, they were active. Now, if you take money from somebody and you just give them a return, you need to syndicate. It's not something to be afraid of. You hire an SEC attorney. I'm going to have one at my event talking for an hour about this. And you just hire them to help you make sure you dot the I's and cross the T's. Don't overthink it, but you don't do it without doing that. Although you do not want the SEC on your door. But otherwise, you do a joint venture. You find somebody with a lot of money and say, hey, let's buy some deals together. You put up the money, I'll do all the work. And, and it works really well. Split it any way you like. Um, you also need to understand finance. You need to call a mortgage broker. I'll have one of those at my event as well. But you know, you can call one and just find out what financing is available for different types of assets, different size, type, et cetera. You need to learn that. You also need to become very good at due diligence. But let me give you a caveat on this. Now, I'll give you a free resource. If you text, um, if you, by the way, here's my manual from my boot camp. So the, the one Jack went to here. But um, if you text, here it is. If you text my name, Rod, to 72345, I'll give you this multifamily toolbook. You know, I, I, I've written a ton of books that we give our students and stuff, and, and I give them away for free as well. If you go to my website, Real Estate with Rod, there's a bunch of these books there. In fact, this one's there too, honestly. But if you're driving, you just remember to text 72345, my name, Rod, to 72345. I'll get you this. It's like a due diligence checklist on steroids, okay? It's every question you can possibly think of. It helps you guide you through that process. The beautiful thing about this business is it's primarily empirical. You get the numbers right and you ask all the right questions. It's pretty hard to make a big mistake, but this is a great resource to help with that. And there's just one thing I want to tell you about this. Maybe you've looked at two, 200 deals to find a deal and you get it under contract and you do them backflips the whole way home. You're so freaking excited. You need to stop right there take a deep breath and take and put on the hat that says, why do I not want to do this deal? And I know that sounds really simple, but it's not. Here's why. It's human nature to look for ways to, when we make a big decision, to look for things that bolster, substantiate, or validate the decision we made. You can't do that here. Otherwise, you could subconsciously overlook something important. So look at, the, look, you know, the, sometimes the best deal is the one we don't do, right? So you want to be very, very careful with that. Last thing I'll talk about is property management. Okay. Um, the beautiful thing about this business is you can hire third priority property management companies to, you know, help you with the deal and manage it for you. So you have a call, one call a week once you've got a property stabilized. You talk to them once a week, like we do, and 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 just find out what's going on and make some direction and, and what's called asset manage. But you know, to find the best property management companies, you um, ask brokers. To find the best brokers, you ask property management companies, you do referrals, but here's a couple of caveats. If you're buying a property that's under 70 units, you're going to likely rely on the management company's maintenance infrastructure. And maintenance can be a real profit center for a management company where they charge, you know, 100 bucks an hour for somebody they're paying 20. So dig into that so you don't get screwed. Pay attention to that, number one. Um, and secondly, take a good hard look at um, their online presence. There's still some digital dinosaurs out there that have not embraced technology. And if you can't do a virtual tour on your phone of their property, if you can't um, you know, apply for a place on, on your phone, if you can't you know, uh, communicate through them and, and they don't have a good online presence, do not do business with them because they've just eliminated 80 to 90% of the, the population. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to uh, drop the mic on that, Jack, but that's a, that's a high-level fundamental overview. Again, 
If you can come to my boot camp, if you can't make the Orlando one, just get a ticket and come to the, vir- the next virtual one, which will be the end of March. You get those two courses, you get the book. Truly, the, the, t- even if you don't come to the event, the, the, the courses are worth uh, substantially more than the 197. So just remember the code RODFRIEND and text MULTIFAMILY to 72345. And if you want to just learn more about me, go to realestatewithrod.com. It's a direct link to rodcleef.com. Nobody can spell my name. So we got realestatewithrod.com. And, and, uh, and I've got lots of books there and videos and articles and just incredible free resources. And you can learn a little bit more about me um, and and the different things that that we do. So, so I, I just can't say enough. Thank you again, Rod. This was, this was fantastic. I, I know you. that a ton of people got a lot out of this. And I just want to say Thank one you. more time that this is 30 minutes. Imagine this type of energy for two to three days. That's what Rod and his team deliver when you attend his boot camps. So really, I can't, I can't stress enough that this is well worth the $200 that Rod is saying with, with his code and uh, really consider making this investment. Um, I think the first time you've been on Rod, we I mentioned that a lot of people make multifamily an aspiration. You know, they they start things off with single family homes, and mm-hmm. they hope to eventually move into multifamily. And right. with you, with the information you provide, uh, I don't think it has to be an aspiration. This is something that people realistically can just it, jump into. It's a little scary, you know. It's intimidating at first. It's like anything, but everybody that started in this business at one time, right where you're at, if you're brand new, they had to learn it. And it's just, you know, how you just you just get into it. You start acclimating yourself, and you build your competence. And when you build your competence, you'll build your confidence, and then you'll have the ability to influence people. And and that's really the the framework: competence to confidence to influence. And that's why my courage and confidence course is freaking awesome. I'm really proud. Of that. I just finished it. So you'll get that. Um, but, uh, but you know, you just, just take that first step. You know, that first step is always the scariest, but, but, you know, like Dr. Martin Luther King said, you take that first step in faith, the next step will be revealed. You know, Lao Tzu said the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step and you just take it. You don't have to know the whole journey. You can drive all the way across the country at night, seeing 50 feet in front of you. You know, you're going to make it. You may have some obstacles. It's the same thing with this multifamily business. And, and those of you that are analytical, you know, you are the most successful students that I have are the analytical ones. And you're the hardest to get to freaking take action. You got to check off every little box before you make a move. So push through that. Don't get caught in analysis by paralysis. Take that first step and and and, and it'll build your confidence. And then the next step and the next step. And, and eventually you'll be like, man, I got this. So yeah. Yeah. Just a reminder, multifamilybootcamp.com. Use the code RODFRIEND. Yep. And uh, Rod, again, you're welcome back anytime. I hope we can Thank chat you, again brother. sometime. Great to see you, buddy. Thank you. This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated, along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time and tell a friend.